You're listening to Now I've Heard Everything, interviews from the 80s, 90s, and 2000s with voices from the past. I believe that these training tips work because um, dog and man do share so much in common, that the dog training tips work because it's really keying in on that. In fact, I think that dog is man's best friend for very deep psychological reasons. Best-selling self-help author Karen Salmonson today on Now I've Heard Everything. I'm Buell Thompson. It's Valentine's Day. Now, we could have done the usual mushy, romantic stuff, but I kind of wanted to go tongue-in-cheek today. Different direction. Back in 1994, I interviewed a popular self-help author named Karen Salmonson. She had just written a book called How to Make Your Man Behave in 21 Days or Less Using the Secrets of Professional Dog Trainers. Really? I mean, how much more romantic can you get, right? But you know, as much as I might hate to admit it, Behind every incisive piece of humor, there is a nugget of truth, as I think you're about to find out. So here now from 1994, Karen Salmonson. A long scholarly treatise. Uh, oh, uh, absolutely. Lots of footnotes and charts and graphs. And uh-huh, things. uh-huh. Much can be learned from this. I'm doing a, a good deed for womankind out there. <laughs> <laughs> How did this idea come to you? Well... Not to confuse you, but it it came from my cats, actually. I have these cats. I live in New York City, and my building doesn't allow dogs. So I got cats, and I, like, wanted to raise them to be dogs. And I was trying to train them, give them certain tricks. And one of them does fetch, and they play, like, various little ball games and stuff. But they still weren't as affectionate as, like, a dog might be. And I noticed the times that they were most affectionate to me were when they wanted to be fed. All right. In the mornings, they'd wake up and then they'd become like these little cat sluts and they'd be sidling <laughs> around my feet, you know, and I'd be like, yeah, 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 I know what you want, you know. So one morning I went to feed them and I sort of thought to myself, hmm, if I don't feed them totally, like if I just fill their bowls up halfway and I keep them in this subtle state of hunger, right, then they'll be like more affectionate and easier to control. And I thought, oh, same goes with the man in my life. Well, not with food, though, with emotions. Like, if ah. I keep them a little emotion, though food works, too. I think if you, you know, hold back the food also, you know, give them only half a hamburger. The way to a man's heart. Absolutely. And so um, then I noticed other parallels, too. Like, um, every time I would close the door on my cats, that would be when they wanted to come into the room. You know, they become these Freddy Krueger <laughs> scratching at the door. You open up the door, they come in, and they give you, like, this big cat yawn, and then they leave. And so I thought, hmm, there are a lot of parallels here. And I wanted not just to, I was going to it up as a magazine article, but I also not only wanted to describe the problem, I wanted to have a solution. So, because I already think, like, cat equals dog, I went to a bookstore to look up some dog training books, um, and I started paging through the dog training books, and I'm laughing in the aisles of the bookstore, and I realized, you know, this might be bigger than a magazine article. This might be a book. And voila, the book was born. And the footnotes and the charts and the graphs just followed. It. Yes, just, uh, absolutely. Are, are these all time-tested and, and, yes, and uh, laboratory-proven? I, I want to reassure women that everything in the book is 100% guaranteed dog training techniques, and I've tried them out myself and proven them not only to be effective, but safe. So you can feel very comfortable using them in, in the privacy of your home.
<laughs> I did. I did wonder. I have. I have yet to see men on collars and leashes out in public. I mean, this. This is. A... Yeah. Well, also, I think I when I talk about leashes, as I do, um, I mean the metaphysical leash. You know, in the very beginning of a relationship, before that trust is built, you know, and you go to a party. This isn't one of those guy, new age things, is it? Uh... <laughs> no. You know, the inner leash, the inner dog. No, no, no. This is definite <laughs> outer dog behavior that I'm dealing with, not the inner dog behavior. The very obvious outer dog. Yes. And in the opening of the book, I have an easy-to-follow key, which luckily for women is also an easy-to-memorize key, where um, I say that dog equals man, puppy equals man, mongrel equals man, mud equals man, canine equals man, and pack of dogs equals men. So wherever you ask me questions and I say the word dog, I invite you and whoever's <laughs> listening to feel free to replace with the word man, and it will all make a lot of sense, a lot more sense. You could even clip that and keep it in your purse if you need to. Absolutely, and the book is small, so women can carry it in, in their purse. And it's actually a hardcover, so if the man misbehaves, a little light tap, tap, tap on the nose with, with the book can drive that message home. <laughs> <laughs> Though, actually, dog trainers are against physical aggression, as am I. In fact, they say that um, you should never treat aggression with more aggression because that only aggravates the situation. And you shouldn't yell at the dog either because in time he'll never listen to anything you say. It's sort of like the Peanuts cartoons that are on TV where you hear the adults' voices. They're like, wah, 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 wah. Well, same with men or dogs. If you yell at them, all they hear is, wah, 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 wah. So don't yell. Instead, if, they, if you have to punish directly after the misbehavior, you have to look them squarely in the eyes and in a firm but not yelling voice, you have to look at them and you have to go, no, <laughs> no. And at time, you'll find you won't even need words. You know, you can just communicate with a simple look, that animal communication thing that transcends words. <laughs> <laughs> it sounds new age to me, but that's, that's, um, that's I guess, a whole other thing. And I believe that these training tips work because um, dog and man do share so much in common, that the dog training tips work because it's really keying in on that. In fact, I think that dog is man's best friend for very deep psychological reasons. They really relate to each other. Like um, pack behavior, um, dogs, and remember the key, dogs equals men, um, they have this in, innate like desire to hang with the pack. And if they're kept in captivity for too long away from the pack, then they'll get restless and maybe even destructive. So dog trainers suggest that you give them some freedom to hang with the pack. So you see, I'm promoting a good thing here. For, for men should actually love this book because I'm promoting to give them to the freedom to hang with their pack of guy friends. And, and territorial behavior is another one. We don't mark our territory. No, no. D dirty socks and, and the, the bad toilet seat habits and everything. Come on, definite examples of territorial behavior. Absolutely. And, um... <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Wait a minute, I resemble this remark. I, I mean, I, and I mean all of this affectionately. I want to say that when I compare dogs to men, I mean it as a compliment because I love dogs. The, the, I did find so, this I did yes. find this a very affectionate you book. Know, yes. So, in fact, yeah. Just like there are good dogs and bad dogs, there are good men and bad men, and this book is addressing the bad dogs and the bad men. So there we have it. 
Can you teach old dogs well, new tricks? Well, it's a little harder to, to teach the older dogs because they've had years of um, either neglect or, or, or being spoiled, you know, and all the, the behavior that the past owners have let them, you know, get away with. Now you have to deprogram them before you program them. And so it's going to take a little more time and effort. So dog trainers suggest that um, before you bring the dog home with you, you should determine how much training they're going to need. And if you have that kind of time and energy and patience to put into that training. Otherwise, do not bring the dog home with you. And I have to second that motion. But they do, they do say there's good news that you can tell from the start whether or not um, a dog will make a good lifetime companion for you. Um, and they say you should never pick a dog on looks. You know, be lured in by the cute little puppy doggy eyes or the cute little way they wag their little tails, you know, or pick a dog because the breed is popular with your friends. Well, same goes with men. Instead, you should look for personality and temperament. And there are five different dog personality temperament categories that match up just uncannily with the type of men there are. And um, they are working dog, um, the hound, the sporting dog, the feisty terrier, and the toy dog, which you get just for show purposes, <laughs> you know, because you got to watch it with those to toy dogs. Um, they're as affectionate with strangers as they are to those who take tender, loving care of them. And strangers will always want to come up to them and pet them, and you're going to have to deal with that. Do you want that kind of, you know, uh, distraction that the dog will always be having? And if not, then maybe the working dog would be better for you because the working dog is not very social. They're very loyal, very protective. But then you have to ask yourself, are you willing to, um, to have all of that and yet sacrifice some of their social behavior because the working dog is not as social? So you should know in advance what you your needs are for the dog. Do you want the dog to be good with children? You ask yourself that before you bring him home with you. Same. It all matches up with men. It really does. It's uncanny. It truly is. <laughs> After the short break, Karen Salmonson reveals what men say they most fear about women. Now back to my 1994 conversation with Karen Salmonson. And now, as a practical matter, I mean, mm -hmm. did, did you have to shop this around a lot before a publisher got the idea and, and, and had enough of a sense of humor to realize <laughs> what you were getting at here? Um, well, actually, I, I wrote up the text first, and the illustrator, Allison Seifer, give her a little plug there, mm -hmm. um, is a girlfriend of mine, and I approached her and said, you know, this could be a book. Why don't we look into doing this together? And my background is advertising. I used to be in advertising. So we did the whole book up on computer. And, in fact, it, it kind of looked just like this. You know, we, we um, put it together like an like a art project, spray-mounted all the pages together, and we sent it out that way. But, um, you know, workmen definitely could see the, um, you know, the logic and the good social benefit behind this book. And so they, you know. Do you fear that it's going to wind up in the wrong place in the bookstore shelves? Because let's face it, bookstore clerks are not as literate as they may have once been. Well, some of the man bookstore clerks might purposefully hide it somewhere. <laughs> that might be true. But um, it's in the humor section, although some people think that this is not a humor book, but a very truthful book. But it is in the humor section or by the cash register. You know, I'm, I'm hoping that it will find it, you know, find its right place on the bookshelf or in, you know, in the, the Hearts, woman's home. In the Hearts Mountain section. <laughs> 
<laughs> the elbow. You know, it surprises me, though, how I am surprised that some men take this, like, a little too seriously, actually, because it is a humor book, you know, and, and it intrigues me that some men... But some people just don't have a sense of humor. I mean, men or women. Yeah, that's true. And I think, you know, this whole PC thing that's going on out there, it's kind of ruined it for the humor business, you know? <laughs> you can't get away with this much. And I also think that um, men in general... I, but they did a survey, and they asked women what they fear most about men. And women said, you know, mugged, raped, maimed, you know, those types of things. And they asked men what they feared most about women, and they said being laughed at. I thought it was very interesting. And in a way, you know, this book, humor is in itself an aggressive act. So there, you know, the book is aggressive because it's just humorous in general. And then it is sort of, you know, kind of uh, warmly poking fun at men. And, and thereby the combination of those two has really gotten um, some men's fur up, you know, so to speak. <laughs> so to speak, <laughs> But, you know, I, I do let them know that the book is, is meant with warmth spirit. And actually, dog trainers say that a trained dog is happier than an untrained dog. Because dogs want some parameters. They want to know what can they do to please. And, um, for, and once, for women, once you understand how an animal thinks, you can better communicate with that animal. And thereby, the communication level gets, you know, higher and have better communication is is to really create a more loving harmonious bond so who could argue with the beauty of that so to speak <laughs> and who can argue with uh, laying on the couch with your head in the lap and having your ears there scratched you uh, it. when good behavior happens i recommend the four c's <laughs> you have to be clear in how you express yourself um, confident in your demands. You know, a lot of women feel they don't have the right to ask for a change of behavior. And animals can sense that insecurity or that fear in you. Um, then you have to be consistent about your demands. I mean, do you or don't you like the smelly socks around the house? Yeah, i got to make up your mind. You know, you let them get away with the smelly socks once, you deal with the smelly socks a lot. So you have to be consistent. And then the last one is complimentary. You know, if, if the dog or the man is behaving, you have to give them a little treat. And I suggest that you find out ahead of time what their favorite treats are. And then you reward them accordingly. And I also suggest that you make them beg a little bit for it first. Not, not that the begging will help to train them any better, but it is a lot of fun to watch. <laughs> so, and both dog and man do share the two basic um, treat groups, which is like food, you know, and I, I say that with the deep voice because it's like that food, you know, versus what, you know, women eat, which is like food, you know. Um, and then the other treat group, which to keep a G rating, I don't know what, how to, you know, playful petting, I guess we'll, we'll say. I think that's G enough, you know. Tastefully said, yes. yes. So, yeah, so those are the two well, the, basic... The, the, illustra well, the illustrations are, are the, the, we, they point us in the right direction, as it were, as to what the nature of those other treats are. Yes, it's, yes, uh, they do indeed. <laughs> it, it, is, it is interesting with, with actual dogs, as opposed to men dogs, uh -huh. uh, that the first thing they seem to do is, is poke their nose any, any, every place where it doesn't yeah. quite belong. I yeah, just, uh, yeah. That's how they determine how friendly they want to be with the new person that they meet. By You know, these psychologists, now listen, you know, we've, we've had these psychologists in here, and they all say, you know, people do this, too. They'll sit at the bar, and they'll figure out, you know, how mm. they, they do this little, this little mating thing, and they're dancing all oh, around you. Yes. I even saw that on 2020 the other day. It's animal. It's our animal instincts in general. I mean, even smell. You know, we use that even if we're not conscious of using it, you know, both man and dog. Actually, one of my favorite tips in the book is flight and chase behavior. Okay? Um, dog trainers say that if your dog, and remember dog equals man, is running away from you, the worst thing to do is to chase after him. Because that's only going to make him run away faster. 
Uh, instead, they suggest that you stay in one place. You act like you're having lots of fun without them. And hopefully you won't have to be acting, right? You flaunt a colorful plaything. And in the book, uh, there's an illustration of a girl flaunting a colorful plaything brassiere. Um, you'll get the dog's attention, and soon he'll come eagerly trotting back to you. <laughs> and it works like a charm. And it works like a charm because really what dog trainers say is that dogs just want to be where the fun is. They want to be where there's a fun, loving environment. So basically, you know, underneath it all, what I'm promoting through the advice of dog trainers is, you know, creating a loving, um, you know, warm bond. And then the dog will want to behave for you much better than if you yell or, or threaten and, and this type of thing. But you do have to risk that it, um, you, you do have to remember that you can't be too loving to a misbehaving dog because a lot of women, I feel, think they make the mistake of being nicer to a man who's misbehaving, thinking, well, maybe that will get him to behave better. And what you're doing subconsciously is you're rewarding him for the misbehavior. So you really have to be firm. That's where that slap on the nose bit comes in again. Exactly. Right? Exactly. Or just that look, you know. The look. The look <laughs> was very effective. I think people undervalue, um, you know, the, the powerful effects of, of a look. So... Definitely. And also, I think a lot of these problems begin in the puppy love period, you know, where that's also where you're particularly susceptible to letting the little puppy or the new man get away with more because they're especially adorable. So uh, you have to plan ahead, you know, and I believe in tough puppy love. You know, if the little puppy is doing something wrong, you can't let him get away with it because then, like, you know, six months down the line, a uh, year down the line, they're going to wonder, but I thought you liked it when I nuzzled you, like, in front of guests, you know? So <laughs> you have to make it clear from the start, you know? But once they doubt your authority once, it's going to be hard to get it back. So you really have to maintain that all along. And just a basic reminder, another big dog training tip is to introduce that dog slowly into your life. You know, a lot of women want to rush things. They want the man to meet everybody right away and to explore every nook and cranny of, of their, you know, psyche right away. And dog trainers suggest that you introduce the dog slowly into your life. Otherwise, you risk that you could inspire some, you know, neurotic, frenzied behavior and they could get destructive and, and break something and that something could be your heart. To end on a very sentimental note here. <laughs> or your vase. Or your vase. True. Karen Salmonson's most recent book, Instant Calm, was published in 2019. And you can find easy Amazon links to Karen Salmonson's books at our website, heardeverything.com. And you know, while you're at heardeverything.com, be sure and check out my interview with a real dog trainer. A 2006 conversation with Caesar Milan. Dog Park is Chuck E. Cheese. The dog park is not developed by dogs. Dog Park is developed by humans who don't want to take a dog for a long walk. And how about my interview from 2004 with a pioneering female comedian who turned her husband into the most popular but unseen part of her act, the great Phyllis Diller. I started building him as a character, and he became a beloved character Wherever I went, they say, how's Fang? <laughs> the real husband, Sherwood Diller, wanted people to think he was Fang. And, of course, we post new episodes here every Monday, Wednesday, and Friday. And you can find us on all major podcast platforms. And thanks for listening. Next time on Now I've Heard Everything, in 1993, she became the first African-American U.S. Surgeon General. But she lost that job less than two years later because of the controversial things she said. My 1996 interview with former Surgeon General Dr. Joyce Lynn Elders. And many people have asked me, but did you always want to be the Surgeon General? 
And I tell them over and over again, you can't be what you can't see. And I'd never seen a doctor until I was in college. So how could I want to be the Surgeon General? That's next time on Now I've Heard Everything. I'm Bill Thompson. Thompson.